I'm going to talk to you this evening a little bit about writing. I started writing back in 1920, so for 50 years I've supported myself and my family by writing, writing what? Or writing anything. Articles, fiction, books. I've written about 32 books and I'm now working on my 33rd book. So I've seen a good many writers come and go, magazines come and go. And as I look back on this experience of over 50 years, I ask myself sometimes, what would I do differently if I were beginning all over again? First of all, I think I would never make a friend of an editor. I'd never call anybody by his first name, or they can call me by my first name. It's true that most editors want the same thing you do, a good book, but editors are really the friends and the enemies of writers. They are ruthless, they must be ruthless, they have to be ruthless, and if you have a friend, it's very difficult for him to be ruthless, and it greatly hurts you when he is ruthless. An editor, I think, uh, should be particularly hard on writers, because unless he does, writers won't produce their best work. Inevitably, uh, this means, uh, this, this arouses friction between an editor and a writer. And for a young writer, as many of you are, I'm sure, the safest and the best way is not to get very chummy with the editor of a magazine or a publishing house. Second, uh, I would never take an advance. What is an advance? An advance is a sum of money given by a publisher of a, a publishing house or a publisher of a magazine to enable a writer to survive while he writes an article or a book. The place to borrow money, I've always believed, is at a bank. And if you take an advance of $1,000, $2,000, You'll probably regret it because that sum will be deducted when your first royalty check comes in. There is a theory very prevalent, and it's more prevalent now than it used to be, that if you get uh, 10 grand from a publisher, and some writers do, he's got to promote your book to get his money back. I'm not so sure of that. It's, it's very dicey whether he'll promote your book or not, it's possible that if he's given you a big sum of money, uh, he simply won't invest more good money after bad money when he finds that your book isn't selling. I have very rarely taken an advance, but in this mad dance of our acquisitive society, large publishers do give advances to get famous writers, and now even the small ones have to. It's uh, the, the money that you get is not money earned, it's money to be earned. The, the money that you're given will be, uh, will, will go to, your, to balance your royalty account, to balance the sales for the first six months, first year, whatever it may be. And uh, I've, I, I think it's both bad for publishers, these enormous advances of ten, twenty, or thirty thousand dollars, but it's also bad for the writer. 
the publishers today uh, find themselves in a bind because many writers demand uh, huge sums. I, I know of a lady writer whose book was sent out by an agent with a, a request for an advance of $100,000. Now this woman is a good writer, excellent writer, but she's never been on the bestseller list. She doesn't earn anything like that, and I'm sure the book for which they asked $100,000 won't sell. Uh, three or four publishers who are friends of mine had a chance to buy this book, but the most they could dig up was 50 or 60,000. The agent refused it, and he finally settled uh, with one prominent publishing house for 80,000. I guess perhaps the book sold 15,000 copies, which could mean that the publisher lost 30 or 40,000 dollars on it. Of course, he takes that off his income tax, but money like this is not money earned. It's phony money, and it doesn't help anybody. What uh, would I uh, do differently? Well, I think for one thing, I would advise young writers not to scatter their shots. Sometimes it's fun to try another field, to teach a course at NYU, or lecture at small colleges in the Middle West, but it's extremely exhausting and it's not lucrative. Remember, you're a writer. Writers do need to get out, they do need to circulate, they do need to meet people. I have a young friend uh, in my hometown, a Bermudian, excellent young writer, but he, uh, he has rewritten his autobiography at least three times, and the third version is not selling, I notice. Um, I, I think uh, it's advisable for a writer to stick to writing. It's a waste of time to try to be a broadcaster, to try to be a lecturer, to try to teach courses. You're a writer. Stay with it first, last, and all the time. Next, don't ever believe anything is sold until you get the check in your mitts. I remember once writing a novel, which was taken by uh, Harcourt Brace, a big publishing house in New York, and I sent it over to a friend of mine who was the senior editor of the Sardine Post. And I can remember standing on the corner of Madison Avenue and 46th Street when he told me that they Editors liked this story very, very much, and they were going to buy it. I was young then, and I was convinced that if I once got a novel in the Saturday Evening Post, I was made. From then on, it would be easy. But a week later, he sent me a letter saying that one editor didn't like the book, and therefore, regretfully, they were turning it down with the usual phrase, I'm sure you'll sell it elsewhere. Well, I never did sell it elsewhere, but, uh, but the book was brought out. It's since sold uh, something like uh, 60 or 70,000 copies in hardcover, and it's been a very profitable thing for me. But that, uh, that check from the Post for twenty or $30,000 uh, would have made an immense difference to me. I was poor, struggling, and it would have boosted me and given me a great deal of help. I had, I, I had, I had the money spent. But as often happens, you can't spend money until you get the check through the bank. What's the most important requirement to survive in a highly competitive business like writing? 
Well, first of all, I guess you need courage. I don't know uh, where you get courage from. I think anybody today in any of the arts needs an enormous amount of courage. Uh, as a very great English writer called courage the homely virtue, that is, the, the, the uh, not homely in the sense of being ugly, but the homely virtue in the sense of being the kind of a virtue that uh, is so prevalent in so many funny and uh, different people and different uh, kinds of people. Where you get courage from, I don't know. You needed a lot of courage to survive when I came along 40 or 50 years ago, and I'm afraid you need to downsight more now. There are so many good young writers, and the competition is so much keener. Uh, secondly, you must have one thing which I have, and which it's not hard to get, and that is stupidity. If you've got a certain amount of stupidity, you don't know that you're not a writer. You haven't any very, uh, you haven't a sense of perception to know how ludicrous you are. And uh, so you go ahead turning the stuff out, writing, and eventually, if you have uh, courage and if you have stupidity, you'll sell. What experiences influenced me? What book, story, or editor helped me? Well, I've been published by four different publishers, and in the course of that time, I've only met uh, three real editors, that is, people who could take a book apart, tell you what was wrong, uh, show you that your lead was up in chapter four, to put it in chapter one, uh, explain to you where you went astray with the plot, what happened when you had the heroine and the hero meet in a certain situation. Uh, I've known uh, three or four, uh, one who were who really very, very gifted in this respect, but it's a gift. It's a gift that not many writers with their name on the door uh, have. They call themselves editors, but really most of them are not very competent about uh, taking a book apart and putting it together again. Can, an, uh, can a non-fiction writer write fiction? Of course, I, th I think any good non-fiction writer can uh, competently write fiction if he tries it. There's nothing uh, esoteric or extremely difficult about fiction uh, any more than, than there is about nonfiction. Uh, article, which is nonfiction, of course, is a, a good article is a very, very difficult thing to write and write well. A good article that Look or Life or any of the top class magazines bring out has a great deal of fiction in it. And um, if you can write the good article, you can surely write a simple story. I simply, uh, in my books, I try to tell a very plain story. The Oxford English Dictionary calls a story the main facts or the plot. I take people from here, one place, I put them in another place, and during the course of that journey, they change. They become different due to life, which overwhelms us all. In the end, of course, life defeats everybody, and if you can show this in your characters, mind you, you mustn't inform. Above all, in writing a story, in writing fiction, you must not inform. You, you must show how the changes in your character come about through something that happens to them 
through something that they do. But you can't say uh, John fell in love with Mary. You, uh, this is uh, this was beautifully illustrated by a book by uh, a Yale professor named uh, Seagal, S-E-G-A-L, Love Story. It has been at the top of the bestseller list for the last two or three months. And you'll notice in this that Mr. Siegel doesn't inform. He, he shows you his characters changing, uh, becoming different people as the story progresses. Do not inform is the first and great commandment of all good fiction writers. Now ideas. Where do you get ideas for fiction? Well, you get ideas all about you. Uh, you, you meet people. You, uh, you, you hear things, you read in the newspapers. I am um, writing a story on a horse, uh, and it developed from uh, a story a girl told me at dinner, a woman told me at dinner about her father, who uh, had lost three or four fortunes in Philadelphia, and he had just money enough to take a horse, which he owned, to England, uh, and it finally won the Grand National. It was a very moving story, and I'm trying to work this thing into a piece of fiction. What is the key to the writer's survival? Well, I think that the main thing a writer needs or should have is a liking for people, an empathy with struggling humanity hustling along to its grave. In other words, perhaps to put it more precisely, the great uh, thing that a writer needs is to be able to make friends. I've been a reporter on the, uh, on the New York paper years ago, and a reporter has to learn to make friends. He has to go out to ask questions, to work. He has to get people to turn themselves inside out for them. I once uh, wrote a book about a basketball story in Indiana, and to get the material for this book, I went out to Indiana and spent a whole winter in that uh, country of small towns. You know, Indianap Indianapolis and uh, uh, Fort Wayne and Gary are about the only cities in Indiana. It's a state of small towns. And in these small towns, I went into the schools, talked with the principal and the teachers and the kids, went around to their games, sat on the bench, and eventually I got to know this particular team that I was following. And the kids all uh, asked me to their different homes at night. And one of the things that every woman out in Indiana knows how to do is to make pecan pie. Now, if there's one thing I really hate, it's pecan pie. It's too rich for me. I don't like it. But every woman in Indiana thinks she can make pecan pie, and the amount of pecan pie I ate that winter ruined my digestion forever. What have I learned for it all? Well, I've learned that it isn't impossible to be a writer if you're willing to make sacrifices. You must make sacrifices. You must be willing to go without things, and you must have a woman who doesn't want to keep up with the Jones. This isn't so easy these days. It never was easy. But I think anybody with persistence, with fortitude, with courage, plus a little stupidity, as I said, uh, can succeed. And by succeeding, I mean make a good living out of it. What have I learned is perhaps best summed up by Willard Wirtz, who was the Secretary of Labor under Kennedy. He once said, it is on the battlefields of hate and love, deceit and honor, fear and courage, 
that one gets a sense of what life is all about, because after all, life is a moral problem. <laughs>